Welcome to You Have Real Estate with attorney Justin Clark. And welcome to another edition of You Have Real Estate with me, attorney Justin Clark. Whether you're a seasoned investor, first time home buyer, or looking to sell your house, this next 30 minutes is designed for you. Think of it as hitting multiple open houses, all from your living room, with my attorney advice throughout the way. If you have any questions at all, give us a call 407-205-0400 or visit the website youhavepower.com. I have people standing by right now, so feel free to give us a call again, 407-205-0400. You know, I love it when I see you guys out on the street and you ask me questions and, and feel free to do that. I'm always happy to answer them. But one of the questions that I get all the time is this, hey, Justin, is now a good time to buy? And my answer is unequivocally yes. In fact, I think now might be one of the best times ever to buy a house because number one, I am worried about the interest rates going up. And you say, well, I remember a day when they were 3%, now they're 4%. Let me tell you what we're actually talking about when we're talking about a three versus 4% interest rate. Go back to 1980, Jimmy Carter days. You know what the rates were then? 18%. So to buy a house, you were literally paying an 18% interest rate. So I wanted to let you know how that really looked. Let's say that you bought a house right now at $300,000. Your payment on a 30-year mortgage is about 1418, not including taxes and insurance, but principal and interest about $1,400 a month. And over the course of that 30 years, you end up repaying 515,000. Not a, not a very bad deal. Do you know what your interest would look like, your interest payment every month would look like if you bought a house right now at $300,000 at 18%, you wanna take a guess? $4,521 a month is what you would be paying for that same house back in 1980. So historically speaking, now is an amazing time to buy. And then you know how much you're repaying on that $300,000 over 30 years? $1.6 million. So is now a good time to buy? You better believe it. There's never been a better time, in my opinion, to buy a house. And, and also, let's look at the rental rates. Go try to rent a house. I can guarantee you that if you go try to rent the same house that you're going to try to buy, your rent, the mortgage you're paying for someone else, is going to be more than what your mortgage payment would be at, at the rates that we're currently at. And then also, you're also nervous because you might have gone through a bankruptcy or a foreclosure several years ago, and you heard that it's impossible to get a mortgage. Now, we're not back to 2006, where it just took a pulse and a pen, but getting a mortgage now has eased up significantly. So don't let your, your fear about the past issues that you've had financially affect your decision to go buy or to rent. If you have any questions at all, or you want to get a pre-approval letter, give us a call right now. People are standing by 407-205-0400. Joined today by two very, very special guests, George Philbeck, Jackie Sosa, how are you? Very well, thank you, nice so, to be here. I gotta start with you, Jackie, because the first thing you told me is I'm not allowed to talk about this, so of course I gotta go right into it. You are definitely the first person I've ever had on the show who was a former anchor at this station. Uh, do you miss, am I giving you the bug again? Are you gonna come back or are you gonna uh, stick to real estate? I miss everyone here, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I much rather prefer real estate. Well, thank yeah. you for being here. George Philbeck, you were one of the first people that I really saw, and we had a ton of friends that worked at Keller Williams before. Mm -hmm. And then you made the jump to this EXP real estate, or realty. What is EXP? Uh, EXP is the same as every other brokerage there is everywhere in the country. Uh, the difference is that it's more cloud-based, which offers us an opportunity to be more efficient. Uh, and ultimately, when we're serving our clients, to me, that was a priority. I wanted to make sure I could give them the best level of service, have the best technology at my fingertips, and the best support for them. 
it was it was a hard choice because the other brokers I was with was great, love them. Yeah. Uh, but for me and for my personal business, it's made the most sense. I, I'm going to ask both of you this. So you, know, you work mostly with sellers, I know that, but you've also worked with buyers many times in the past yes. as well. So you get the question for both angles about how much should that down payment or that deposit really be? It really depends on the type of loan that you're taking out. If you're FHA, you can put as little as 3% down, but we have seen some cases where people are financing 100%, so they're not coming up with any money out of pocket, except for maybe their closing fees and stuff like that. So it really depends on speaking with your lender, yeah. and I'm of the belief to save as much money as possible, especially if you have to put some money back into the house to sure. renovating it, to put as little as possible down, but then you may have to pay more in PMI, private mortgage insurance. Right. So it's a trade-off, but. When you're options. working with a seller and the seller says, okay, I'm gonna take this deal, but they only wanna put $1,000 down. The buyer only wants to put it a positive $1,000. Do you say okay normally? Or is there a general percentage you wanna see that's really deposited with the title company? Most of the real estate agents out there that have a, a fair amount of experience are gonna vet out the lender for the buyer's purchase. In, in some cases, 1,000 is a realistic down payment. In other cases, it can be 10 or, or 20,000 or 5,000. Each situation is uh, unique and a good real estate agent is gonna help the buyer and the seller kind of figure out what's the best for each of them. So it's hard to say specifically no, uh, because sometimes it does fit. When you're advising a seller, maybe you have a contract come in at 300,000 and then the next day another one, 300,000 as well. What helps you different, differentiate which contract to really accept? It depends. Um, it's ultimately for the benefit of the seller at that point, while as real estate agents, we help and represent both sides equally, but it's what's going to have the greatest probability of closing, what has the greatest ability for the seller to get their closing date met, uh, and the terms have to be acceptable too. Everything in real estate is very personal, has to be looked at, and that's where a great uh, advisor, real estate agent, will be able to help. What are some of those variables? Oh my goodness, uh, closing dates, uh, how much they're putting down, what kind of loan they're taking out, uh, calling and talking to their lenders uh, and finding out their debt to, debt to income ratio. There's a lot in this that uh, can come back and surprise you. Do you find most sellers would give a slight discount if someone's paying cash? No. No? No. It's all at cash the at the day, end. Yeah, yeah they thanks. get the cash anyway. Right. So. No. No. Got it. All right, good deal. George Philbeck, Jackie Sosa, a couple other questions. This is for both of you. Okay. The biggest issues that we have, I think most people in our heads, we think, okay, it's about 30 days from the time I sign a contract to the time I'm going to close. Of course, that varies on each transaction. But what are some of the biggest issues or hurdles that you see that can kill real estate deals? The inspection. Oh, really? Yes. What, what do you mean by that? If there's a, a plumbing problem, we don't negotiate cosmetics. We don't care about cosmetics. If it's as is, it's as is. But if there's a, a problem with the roof or electrical or plumbing, and if the seller's not willing to give a little bit, then the deal will fall apart. Gotcha. You know. Anything else I need to be looking out for, George? Yeah, with with all inspections, it becomes very emotional. And quite frequently, all the buyers, myself included, Jackie, when we buy a home, we, we go through buyer's remorse. We double question what we're doing. In an inspection, it's like, oh, good heavens, <laughs> the toilet doesn't flush. Right. And there's, you have to be very conscious that this is an emotional choice and an emotional decision for people and we have to help them through the process right. uh, everything can come up but the big stuff is polybutylene piping oh, or, yeah. or, or electrical issues that occur mm -hmm. absolutely so we're going to take you on a tour now through lake nona and avalon park yes two awesome properties that you have to show our audience here today let's start over on snell 
in Lake Nona. Lake Nona's going nuts, <laughs> is it not? Crazy. It uh, is really exploding there with Medical City, of course, fantastic schools and all the different restaurants that are opening up and soon to be a huge water park. Uh, this is on Snell Lane. It's a uh, 4,200 square foot home, one of the biggest backyards that you'll find in the preserve, which is the premier area in Laureate Park. It also has a theater room. Of course, nowadays you have to have a theater room. Look at that backyard. Wow. It's huge. It's a corner lot, room for a pool if you want to add one. And it has a cute little courtyard, which I'm not sure if we're going to see, but it has a, a coveted courtyard. Everyone wants a little courtyard in Laureate Park, and mm -hmm. this home offers it. Beautiful. What's the uh, asking price on this one? $800,000. $800, you should buy it, Justin. That's not, I mean, that's not too bad. <laughs> You know, where I live in Seminole County, Lake Nona is easy to get to if you have a helicopter and a pilot. You right, know what right. I mean? With the traffic. But Lake Nona, I know, is a great area. With that whole medical city going up, I mean, that, I don't think they can keep up. Can they build enough houses in Lake Nona right now? They're between Lake Nona and Winter Springs, or excuse me, Winter Garden, yeah. those two areas uh, are just exploding, unbelievably in desire, uh, desirable at this point. People love it there. I don't blame them. They're great infrastructure. And that movie room, by the way, I have a movie room, but it doesn't look like that. That's a pretty nice one. I'm huh? telling you, this is the house for you, Justin. Uh, yeah, I'll I hook guess you up. so. I'd have to change schools and things, you know. You, for the you kids. have a good lender. You yeah, could use, right? That, okay. Could, okay. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Uh, all right, so now let's check out Avalon Park. Avalon Park, wh where is Avalon Park exactly? Okay, Avalon Park is on the east side of town, uh, just a little bit south of Waterford Lakes and Waterford Lakes Shopping Center. Um, it was developed in 97, and this is South Avalon Park, and it is phenomenal. Okay. The South Avalon Park has the best uh, community center that we've ever seen. Oh, wow. uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Now, this particular home uh, is a four-bedroom property. It's for $300,000, a little over or a little under 2,000 square feet, backs to conservation, so there's no rear neighbors, and it's on a cul-de-sac, so it's really, really neat. Phenomenal A-rated schools there. There's a charter school that just opened across from Avalon Middle School. Uh, it's it's a heck of a deal at that price point. You used to be over in that area, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So Avalon Park is a nice area. And that, Avalon is one of these neighborhoods that was uh, like master plan developed yeah. type thing, right? Yes. Avalon, Baldwin Park, right. Celebration, all the same kind of same master plan designs. And uh, the infrastructure is what makes it so impressive. How do you find the house values holding up in these master plan design communities? Oh, gosh. Uh, all the home values are holding up right now. There's always this talk of, oh, we're going to go into this great recession again. Uh, I think we're going to slow down at best. We're not increasing 20%, but, you know, over the across the board, it's 5% increase this year, and, and we'll continue to see that continuing to grow. Now, I'll ask both of you this, and then I'll, I promise I'll let you go, and then we'll re rejoin each other for the real estate roundtable. But it, it, almost the elephant in the room, people ask me all the time. I was here in 2008, 9, 10, and we saw the biggest economic collapse in the history of real estate, maybe. Is there another economic collapse coming? I don't know. Everyone keeps wondering the same question, but we've been hearing that for several years now. I just, I, I don't see it happening. Do you, George? No, I, I perhaps in, in the Midwest, uh, where we'll see a little bit of a depreciation. I think at best we can expect perhaps a, a stagnation in the increase in value, but nothing like we experienced right. before. Our lending practices are so much more stringent and people are just wiser now. We're not speculatively buying. People sure. are buying because they want to live there and this is where they're going to love and uh, the home that they're going to love. George Philbick, Jackie Sosa, thank you for being here thank today. We pleasure. really appreciate you coming in. And then we'll rejoin you for the real estate roundtable here in just a minute. Terrific. Have you ever wondered how that real estate agent who comes by your house when you're looking to sell your home determines what it's worth? 
And then are you also sometimes wondering if, if they're over-promising or, or even under-promising? I think that's a question that we have to really ask ourselves because you don't want that real estate agent who comes to your house and promises you, oh, it's worth a million bucks, I can get you a million bucks, when really it's only worth 700000 Because if that happens, you're going to be there trying to sell your home for the next year or two years and get no offers whatsoever. Joined now by Farah Novin. Hello, Farah. How are you? I'm good. Chris Christensen, how are you, sir? Great. How are you? Now, you are both with Regal Real Estate. Yes. I believe, right? Regal Christie's. Regal Christie's Real Estate. There you go. Thanks for being here today. Now, how do we answer that question? Let me start with you, Chris. So you want to go into one of these listing appointments, and, and you don't want to overpromise, but you don't want to lose the listing either. I mean, how do you really put a value on the property without losing the deal? Well, I think as a real estate professional, you always have to be honest with the seller. I mean, everybody always thinks their home is worth more than it is. But, you know, for me, my approach would be to give them my honest opinion on the value. Uh, if they do want to list at a higher price and try that for a short period of time and see how it goes. I mean, typically, once you get on the market, you'll uh, within the first 30 days, you'll know whether or not the price is correct. Have you ever lost a listing for either of you? Have you ever lost a listing because some other real estate agent or broker would come in after you and say, oh, I know your house is worth a million bucks. Has that ever happened? Well, in... Uh, um with the regulation, mm -hmm. while you have the listing, not uh, no many other agents should contact your uh, um, uh, client. Yeah. So, yeah, if I, they do, I think though. I mean, I've seen that we call it buying the listing. Sure. So basically, someone comes in and promises them a price that's way beyond, you know, what the house is really worth, and you know, it's unfortunate for the the seller because they've been misled to some extent. Sure. Um, and, but they'll typically pretty quickly figure out that it's, you know, it's not uh, a correct value. It's almost like if we at the law firm get a personal injury case, right? And they come in and they say, oh, I've got the back pain here. My head hurts a little bit. Oh, a million bucks. I can get you a million bucks. You know, it, you would never do that. It would be unethical for me to do that. And I try to be very honest with, with my clients come in on a personal injury accident situation. But then sometimes they'll go see another lawyer down the street who will promise them in the world. And then, you know, maybe I see them back six months later when it didn't go well. But it's somewhat analogous to, to that, I think, right? right? And uh, so, you know, be careful. You need to really have an honest talk with your real estate agent about, okay, if, if your real estate agent's not telling you exactly what you want to hear, maybe that is the right agent for you. Maybe they are being honest with you. You know what I mean? Correct. Because yeah. it, you, you don't want someone to come in there and overpromise. So, Chris, after your name, I see broker. Fair after your name, I see agent. What is the difference? How, how do I really determine what the difference is between a broker, an agent, the realtor, all these different names? What are the differences? Well, typically a broker would be uh, someone that is running the office. Um, so uh, most, if you're a realtor or an agent, you would typically have to work under a broker. So your license would be hung under that broker. Um, in my case, I'm the broker and owner of the company. So basically, I'm overseeing and managing all of the, the realtors in our office. The difference between an agent and a realtor is once you get your license, you can be a licensed real estate agent. But uh, to take it the next step further, you can sign up and become a realtor, uh, which you're held to a higher standard. Um, you know, they have a code of ethics that they follow. Uh, they also have access to the MLS. They have access to, you know, the e-keys to get into homes and things like that. So if you're in residential real estate, you know, in most cases, you'll probably be working with a realtor. I don't normally use the term head for the hills, but I'm about to, okay? Because people come in my office all the time over the last maybe year, and they say, Justin, good news. I just got an offer from Open Door. And I'm like, ah, 
head for the hills. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know why I say it when they say open door, but when I hear open door, I get very nervous for people. I want my clients to go hire a real estate agent who knows the community, who can really get out there and sell that house for maximum value. How is open door affecting our market here? Probably it will affect the properties that below two or $300,000, I would say, yeah. because they are not giving a service as if a, a real estate company would, and they are not getting the price that they are looking for because Open Door pretty much uh, is not giving the service they are supposed to give. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Fair is probably right. It's probably more common in the lower price points, and I think for anybody, they have to realize that you know, open door buying your property, they're doing it for a reason, they're doing it to make a profit. So you're not going to get the absolute highest value for your home. And I think, you know, when somebody's interviewing agents, you know, and they're considering open door, they really gotta take that into consideration. I mean, look, if you think that you have some issues with your home and you're gonna just sell it to open door and hope it just sneaks by them, they're gonna do an inspection just like any other buyer, are they not? Correct, yeah. So don't, yeah, don't think you're hiding the problems with your house because they're just coming in and making an instant offer. They're still gonna go through the process and make sure there are no major issues with the house. So be careful with open door, I highly, recommend hiring a local real estate agent to sell your property. And speaking of properties, we have a couple of awesome properties that you guys have brought in here to show fair. I think this first one is you. We're gonna go to Park Lake. What city is this in? This is Winter Springs. Winter Springs, Park Lake. All right, tell me a little bit about this property. This special property has a, a garage apartment, which is a one bedroom. It is a six bedroom, four and a half bath. It is about 4,400 square feet three-car garage, great school, and the feature of a garage apartment offers either they can rent it for a thousand a month, oh. or if they want to have their in-laws living with them, and the good thing is only $480,000. How does that affect the value of a home when you do have uh, a separate living quarter for in-laws or for rentals? Does it, it, does it really change the value? In my opinion, it depends if a homeowner is looking to yeah have a help for the mortgage, I think that will be a good income. And it will be, I have a client that have their father-in-law, mother-in-law will, would like to live with them uh -huh. and take care of their children while living there. Um, I, I would say it does add a value to a property. And if you have any questions about any of the listings you see today, give us a call, 407-205-0400, and I will directly connect you with Farah or Chris. Chris, now we're gonna take a little tour of, where are we headed now? Tilden's Grove, Tilden's Jacob Grace Court. All right, what city is this? Windermere. Windermere, all right, we're getting fancy now. <laughs> Tell me about this one. Uh, so it's a beautiful house. Um, it's actually a really unique situation. The current owner, the house was built in 2005, but they purchased the home about two and a half years ago, gutted the entire home, renovated it. It's a beautiful contemporary home, about 8,300 square feet, six bedrooms, seven baths, has a theater room, has a, uh, a home gym, has an amazing dock on Lake William Davis. So you've got your own private boat dock. Uh, it's a two-story boat dock, so you've got a sun deck on the lake. Uh, so really pretty incredible property. It's really like a brand new home at this point. And what's the asking price on this one? 3.5 million. 3.5, I got you. Do you find most people in this luxury market will get a mortgage or will they actually just pay cash? You see a lot more cash offers. Really? Uh, and even if they are getting a mortgage, they're typically putting a substantial amount down. Beautiful. So this lake, is it a ski lake? Yeah, it's a ski oh, okay. lake. Uh, nice thing is it's a private lake, so the only people that have access to it are the houses that are on it. 
Gotcha. What do you see happening in that whole Windermere area? It seems like things are, are going crazy, and it, you know, the whole, everyone wants to live down there, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the one thing about Windermere is there's really no more land left in Windermere. So you're seeing people you know, buying houses, and like this guy did, tearing it apart, renovating it, maybe even tearing down houses on the Butler chain and building brand new construction because there's no new construction going on. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe one day I'll live in a $3.5 million house too. I don't know. We'll see. Would you, would you want a house that big? I mean, w you personally. It's crazy because my wife and I have been doing this for 14 years. When I first started, you know, I was really enamored by these huge houses. But now that I've done it for as long as I have, I would never want it. Right. I mean, it's a huge maintenance, you know, to me, nightmare. Um, you know, the constant upkeep of it. Uh, so for me, no, definitely not. 407-205-0400. Youhavepower.com. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, call that number. We have people standing by right now. We're going to do the real estate roundtable here in just a minute. Who's sticking with me? If you have any questions, go to my website, send your questions through there, and we will answer them right here on You Have Real Estate next week, next Saturday at 1230 p.m. www.youhavepower.com. All right, let's go to Sophia and Lake Mary. How many houses should I view before buying? George Philbeck. Murphy's Law is that the first house you see is the one you're going to absolutely fall in <laughs> love with, but everybody wants to see and make sure they make the right choice. You'll know when it's the right house. I mean, we see it all the time, don't we? When they, yeah. they walk in and they're just like, ah, it's, it's it. See as many as you need to. Your agent's there to help and support you and showing you as many properties as you want to see, but when it's the right one, you'll know it. They always do, don't they? Yep, yep, I would agree 100%. And what is sort of an average? Maybe you can't even answer this. What's an average houses, amount of houses that you see before putting an offer in? Three, four? Seven. Seven? Yeah, yeah, I would probably say, yeah, somewhere maybe seven, ten. I mean, I think you don't want to see too many because you'll confuse yourself. I mean, sometimes buyers will go out and, you know, they want to look at 20 houses, and I always try to listen to them, hear what they're looking for, and then narrow it down because sometimes you'll confuse yourself by seeing too many homes. See, I've watched enough house hunters now that I just thought it was you could only see three and you had to put an offer in on one of them. Isn't that how it works? Uh, yes, that's what <laughs> yeah. we're, we're trying to do. No, no. It's, I mean, I, we both agree on this. We have to show as many as the client wants to see, but you're absolutely right. We help them narrow down the ones that don't necessarily fit so they can find the one that's perfect for them. Gotcha. Right. Let's go to Langston in Volusia County says, should I order a home inspection? Chris Christensen. 100% yes. Uh, you should definitely do a home inspection. And when do I do that, George? Uh, right away. As soon as you place a home under contract, you should start getting your inspectors lined up. Uh, most agents can offer and recommend a few, but it is ultimately the choice of the buyer. But without question, I, I think all of us would agree, home inspections are a fundamental part of buying a house. What is the typical time frame for doing this? So I put an offer in on a house, so then I'm going to have a certain amount of days to, to do an inspection, then to get a mortgage. That's what, what's my typical time frame as a buyer to get all of those accomplished? Chris? It depends on, on the house. I mean, it's typically 30 to 45 days, I would say, for the entire process. Home inspection typically is done within the first 10 to 15 days of, you know, going under contract. Uh, and I agree with George. You want to get it done as quickly as possible because if you have 15 days, if you have the home inspection and something comes up, you want to allow yourself some additional time in case you have to get contractors out or take a closer look at something that came up in the inspection report. So as part of getting a mortgage and buying a home, I imagine that my mortgage company is going to want to do an appraisal. So let's say the offer that I make is $300,000, but the appraisal comes in at two seventy. dollars What next? 
Um, we go play golf at that point. No. <laughs> well, that's a, it's unfortunately, it's a problem that comes up quite frequently now as the markets continue to appreciate uh, people are, and there's less homes available or the same amount. More people are interested in buying a property. The appraisers don't appraise it at the level that the interest would warrant and you have to negotiate again. So we're back at that table having that conversation. And do you find that most sellers then will negotiate at that point or what do they do? Some will, some won't. Uh, it depends on, honestly, it's, it's very emotional. Right. It's an emotional time for everybody and because uh, it's a problem at the wrong time. And uh, we just have to help walk them through it as best we can. I was curious to hear your answer on a question I was asking Chris earlier, George. So when you do go into that listing appointment, you know, you're, you're trying to get the listing, of course, but you want to be honest with them as well. How do you really balance being honest and, and being really reasonable with this potential client versus losing it to someone who's going to come in and promise them the world? Tell them just that. I mean, our, our job when, when Chris and I would go to an appointment, our number one responsibility is to give the client the best information we possibly can. We don't get to make the choice of where they're going to list it. We just get to inform them at, at a high level with some really great data. What we do know is 90% of the homes are going to sell uh, are going to sell with the financing, and we can pretty much identify what is going to what an appraiser is going to use because they have some stringent rules. So it gives us an idea. They want to go a little bit higher on with you. We have to honor their wishes because we do work for them ultimately, uh, but it comes up. Yeah, and I would agree with uh, with George. I mean, I think that ultimately you're going to have to get an appraisal, and I think that's a conversation to have with them. I mean, even if you have a buyer that comes and wants to buy the house at the price that you determined, you know, was what you'd sell it at, uh, if it doesn't appraise, then you get in that situation where now you're having the conversation, you're having to renegotiate everything anyway. How has technology allowed it to to really make things easier for us as agents to, to get these pictures? And it's not just pictures anymore. I mean, technology is really changing the way that we're showing off these listings, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Well, technology is... It's, it's incredible. The, the buyers are more knowledgeable. The sellers are more knowledgeable. Um, what used to be a, a broader spectrum of, of where the price should be or could be, buyers now know that with three, within 3% of where the value really is, they know it. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you go to any of the major websites, and, and I share this with the, the sellers that I sit with as well, with the click of a button, I mean, for one, they're going to estimate what they think the value of your property right. is. And two, they're going to show you five or six comps that sold in the neighborhood recently. So people are, you know, have easy access to data. I also tell all of my, uh, you know, sellers that your first showing nowadays is online. Yep. You know, so we got to make that house look great online. Uh, you know, with the today's uh, technology, you can do the 3D walkthrough tours. Um, you know, video, photography, all that is at everybody's fingertips. Ali and Maitland says, "Is it wiser for me to build or to buy?" George Philbeck. If you're having a home built, you're going to save a bunch of money in utilities. Uh, they're, they're much better built than they were previously, much less expensive. Uh, however, you will pay more for the property than you would be able to buy. It is a matter of choice for the clients, and, it, and part of the investigating that we do when we're first talking to our clients, is, as Chris does as well, we, we want to find out what their priorities are. Location is critical, and then it comes down to what, uh, what their pocketbooks can afford and if they want to go that way. So is it cheaper typically to buy a house? Just look at a per square footage basis. Is it normally cheaper to build or to buy right now? Or is that an impossible question to answer? In most cases, you can probably buy a resale house for less than you could build it. Agreed. So if you look at cost per square foot solely, you're going to be able to buy it for less. But like George said, the newer houses are more energy efficient, and there are some advantages to having a new home. But yeah, if you're, if you're weighing between the two and just looking at price specifically, 
I would say you're better off buying a resale. So I know that my house is worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars because Zillow told me so. <laughs> is that true? According to you, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I it, love this conversation because if you're planning on buying the house, then it's worth three hundred fifty thousand. Right. If I'm planning on buying it, it's worth it. But if <laughs> another buyer is, it's not. Remember, everybody's involved in the decision-making process when buying and selling a house. Zillow is not the end-all, be-all because it's just a machine, and you need to get in the house, and they never do. Beautiful. George Philbeck, Chris Christensen, thank you guys for being here so much today. Thank you. You'll always be friends of us. If you are, I can ever help in any way, please let me know. And thank you for joining us for another edition of You Have Real Estate. If you have any questions about anything you saw on the show today, the phone number is 407-205-0400. The website, youhavepower.com. I'm attorney Justin Clark, and I'll see you right back here next week for another edition of You Have Real Estate. If you have a question you would like answered on an upcoming episode of You Have Real Estate with attorney Justin Clark, call 407-205-0400.